Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Cousins hoping to do that from the pocket and open. Justin Jefferson inside the 30 of the time. I mean, that's just Kirk just trusting in me uh, to make that play and uh, the, the funny part about it is we never really worked on those back shoulder throws and to, to be able to go out there and, and do it in the game and complete for the first down, um, I mean, that's that's some, that's trust right there. Yeah, that's the newest star receiver in the NFL, Justin Jefferson, talking about that awesome back shoulder throw that Kirk Cousins made to him down the left sideline. A full breakdown of the Vikings' first win of the year through the prism of Vikings' statements on this episode of Purple Daily. But I got a statement. What's that? Corner Hard Seltzer is... Pretty, pretty, pretty good. You know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, they got the gritty. I have the Corona hard seltzer. That's what I like to do. It's, it's a very easy one. You don't have to, like Adam Thielen, doesn't have to touchdown worry dance? about You just got to just gotta grab the can and you tip it on back. Wow. That's all you got to like do. like it. It's very simple. That's pretty good. Tropical lime, mango, cherry, or traditional lime. There's plenty of great uh, Corona hard seltzers. It's the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors, such as the tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment in each can. Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports. Mm. Chicago, Illinois. Football. Game in third. Another 100-yard game. Madison into the end zone. Touchdown, Vikings. Alvin Cook, he's going to get a first down. And Alvin Cook pushes his way toward the end zone. I'm proud of how, you know, we came down here after the week, threw us a curveball and got a win on the road and, and um, you know, was, was able to, you know, put it all together as a team. So, um, you know, just proud of, uh, proud of our team. And, and there's certainly things we can improve on. Uh, you got those throws that, that you want back, but uh, all in all, I thought it was a pretty efficient performance. All right, welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing, and you can find us, if you uh, if you haven't uh, been aware of all these platforms, you can find us in audio form via podcast, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and also on YouTube, youtube.com slash Podcast. And gentlemen, the Vikings are off this night. It was a winless <laughs> September for them. They walk into a hostile Houston environment. Fans just rabid. 
mostly booing their own team and Bill O'Brien. And uh, just a machine approach in the second half for the Texans, handing the ball to Duke Johnson in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I love that by name, 15. by the way. Duke Johnson's a great name <laughs> oh, for a, a football, football player. It's just... Actually, Duke Johnson, one of the hidden gem PPR studs. Like, if, oh. you, if you're in a deep league, Declan and I would not a know. third-string running back who can catch five passes for you for the Browns five years ago, Duke Johnson is that guy. I don't know that I'd be handing him the ball up the middle with, like, nine minutes to go needing two touchdowns, but here we are. Uh, anyhow, the Vikings get a win, and this is our chance to go through with Vikings statements about either the game yesterday or the current state of the Vikings. Let's fire up some appropriate music, and we'll start with Judd Zolgad's Bill Musgrave <laughs> sheets of paper here. <clears throat> this is great. I love that you've done this. Me too. Well, hold on a second here. I, I also love that you, that, you, that you rip the pieces of paper off the notebook. Yeah, but I'm, hold on a second here. I've got to find my statements because they're different than my observations that we just used. On, oh, here they are. <clears throat> they're right below my pie chart of praise, which we used, of course, on the Mackie and Judd show. You like that? You like that? Statement number one. I think it's safe to say now, given what we've seen from the Vikings, both offensively and defensively, and what the formula, if they want to win games, and we can debate that, but if they want to win games, I think it's safe to say this. Dalvin Cook is going to need to average 30 touches or more each game for the rest of the season. And and look, the Texans aren't good, but Cook was great. Uh, the Titans, you know, the Titans are, what, three and, and rip at this point in time, had their game suspended yesterday because of COVID, but Dalvin Cook had 181 yards, a career high against them. I think it's a very safe statement to make. Dalvin Cook is going to have to average 30 touches or more each game the rest of the season if the Vikings are to have the correct formula Ooh. to win games. Now, I'm not saying that's that's a great plan. I'm saying it's the plan. Just for reference, I just want to see Christian McCaffrey was maybe the most heavily used running back in the history of the league, something close to that, last mm-hmm. year. So he had... Let's bust out the calculator here. Oh, yeah. He had 403 touches last year, all right, in in the regular season because sure. I think that was the only uh, the only option for him was regular season football last year. Uh, 403 divided by 16, Carry the 25 touches a game. Is that accurate? 25 touches a game only for Christian McCaffrey last year. That's a little year. low. So you're, That's so touches? So you're 403 divided by 16 equals 25 touches per game. And I'm you're going trying to get that. Dalvin Cook to 30. He had 29 on Sunday oh, man. against a bad team, which he played well against. I believe he had two receptions, and he tied his career high, which goes back to his rookie year before he tore his ACL um, against Tampa Bay, 27 rushing carries. So, yeah, I'm telling you. But, look, you might decide it's not worth it. All I'm saying is that the success of this entire offense, um, including the the potential success of the passing game, I think starts with the threat of Dalvin Cook being on the field and actually having to touch the football. Uh, if you want to go by targets, so Christian McCaffrey, if it's just t- attempts to get him the football, so targets okay. and rushes last year, it was 27 per game. Yeah. He was t- he was targeted 142 times through the air last year. I'd like to see Dalvin Oof. Cook targeted a bit more, too. I, I, I honestly would. Mm-hmm. They tried to run a couple screens that went awry yesterday. One of them was actually to C.J. Ham. I don't know. I don't know about that one, but um, yeah. Let's stop the fullback screen. I love me some CJ Ham, but please stop the fullback screens. <laughs> Seriously, what do you mean? He's that one of the most athletic statement. fullbacks in the NFL. <laughs> That's not a god. All right, Declan. Yeah, I, I will say Adam Thielen needs Justin Jefferson. 
Uh, Adam Thielen needs Justin Jefferson to be successful, and Justin Jefferson uh, can really ignite this offense. But Thielen, who was being targeted a ton in the first few weeks, Justin Jefferson was just kind of a ghost. He made some nice grabs in those first two games against the Packers and Colts, but these last two weeks we have seen Justin Jefferson explode. Obviously, the Week 3 game, he, it was his coming out party. And I feel like even yesterday, it was under the radar a little bit. The dude went over 100 yards. He only had four grabs, but it felt like it was under the radar. But he made some big catches. And this offense needs Justin Jefferson to be successful. We didn't think it would be, I think, this quick. I didn't. I, didn't, I did not suspect that Justin Jefferson would have two 100-yard games and would be the number one graded wide receiver by PFF. That's amazing. Through four weeks, that is insane. However, this offense needs him, and mostly Adam Thielen needs him. How many wide receivers? I can maybe do a, a search for some sort of parameters on like stathead.com, but off the top of your guys' heads, how many receivers have come in in like the first month of their career? Randy Moss is certainly at the top of this list, who have come in in the first month of their career with no real learning curve whatsoever and have just taken the NFL by storm. Odell Beckham Jr., maybe? I'd have to go back and look to see how Where quickly. Or it's just like, bam, this guy's just on the scene. He's a rookie. Because oftentimes, even with, with some star wide receivers, it takes them a couple, maybe two or three years, and then they really start to emerge yes. after that. like It literally took this guy no preseason games, no offseason workouts, and he's just one of the top receivers in the NFL? Is that a, <laughs> yeah. is that a stretch? Is Justin Jefferson like one of the 14, 15 best wide receivers in the NFL? Probably. I think, I think he is. Well, I'll say this. If you guys had had a choice, you could only have one. Thielen or Jefferson, I don't think it's a tough choice. Well, the age makes it easy too, right? No, but I'm he'll, just saying he'll take like the younger guy. But I'm just saying in a game tomorrow. Like I, I think Jefferson wow. I think Thielen's a really, really nice, strong player, okay? But he had Diggs before and Jefferson now. And I think that the thing while Jefferson's not Diggs yet, I think that the thing that they have in common is they are both dynamic players. Thielen's not. He's more dynamic than a lot of the color commentators like to say when they compare him to Julian Edelman <laughs> well, every single lazy white, that's such a the la- That's such a lazy white thing. Thielen is very athletic. We don't have to point out how shockingly athletic he yeah. is on these broadcasts. Uh, worth noting that only seven receivers in the NFL through the first month have more yards than Justin Jefferson. Now, one of them is Calvin Ridley, who actually has one more yard than Jefferson in one less game, and he plays again uh, against the Packers tonight. The leader in the NFL, Stefan Diggs, has 403 passing or receiving yards. So what happens if, if in, in week one against the Packers, the Vikings had said, we're going to have Jefferson play a key role starting now? Because he's had two great games, two really yeah. strong games, right? Well, he's only 50 yards behind Stefan Diggs. Yeah, but so. I mean, those first two games, it was like, why aren't you trying something? The, the one good thing I think about the Vikings' current predicament is you really can say, let's try something. Yeah, and I think... The, I, I don't know. I don't know what limited Justin Jefferson in the first two weeks, and I, I'm not going to give the Vikings too much flack for that because it's pretty. It's a pretty reasonable stance to take to say we didn't play any preseason games. Let's just ease some of these rookies in, and then when they when they throttle down on him in week three and realize, oh, okay, we're we're good on the easing in part now. He's going to be a hundred yard threat, maybe even a two hundred yard threat every single game yes. the rest of the way. Uh, observation number three among all of us. Yesterday was the perfect blueprint for a Vikings victory. And I think it's really the only foolproof blueprint that they have for a win. There's some teams, the Seattle Seahawks, have multiple different blueprints for how they can win a game. They've got the get-ahead early, lean on you with Chris Carson and the run game approach that we've seen. They've got the fall behind by a couple of scores and give the ball to Russell Wilson to let Russ cook. 
formula, right? They've even had throughout the years, the defense is going to win us this game formula. The Vikings in 2020 really have one go-to blueprint just because of injuries and the defense not being as good. It's get out to an early lead. The defense shuts down the opposing team's run game. Dalvin Cook gets going. And Kirk Cousins leverages play action yep. to make big plays down the field. Yep. When those four things happen, like that is the quintessential perfect Vikings blueprint for a victory. And I know the Texans were a disaster yesterday, but that blueprint works on more than just the bad teams. Even if your defense isn't quite as good. If you can even just make the opposing team more one-dimensional like the Vikings did yesterday mm-hmm. and hold them to like three and a half yards a carry... Uh, th- that's the blueprint there. Early lead, defense stops the opposing team's running game. Dalvin Cook gets going, and Kirk Cousins plays off of it and leverages play action. It starts with Cook, right? I think it starts there. I, I think that you establish him and then teams, because he's re- he's so good, the teams have to be concerned. And then play action works. I've never understood why why there's a certain faction of the football community that dismisses play action and says it doesn't really oh it doesn't matter like i i get it okay it can't it's be more, your it's only more about thing. the running aspect really it's more about like establishing the run yeah. is like kind of a myth it's like the delivery of it it's the it's just like how you're saying how feeling is compared so to what's the right it's a term lazy way to talk perception about the perception yes, works because the, the perception is what's key because if yeah. if you're if you're worried that i might hand the ball to cook and you suck guys up like this is not hard and you suck guys up towards the line, and now Justin Jefferson explodes off the line, and you're trying to play him, man, because you think Cook might get the ball, or you froze, right? Yes. So, like, that, that's that been my point is play action, the perception is very important, and, and if you have a guy back in the day, Peterson or Cook, who actually can do it, so yeah, I think I think it's correct to say this is where people bristle is that you got to establish the run, and if okay. you get the run game going, then everything else works. And for most teams, and for for most instances like this, usually the running game you you stack up your yards when you already have a lead and you're leaning on a team and trying to bleed clock. Okay, and that and so. I think it's become, you see all these stats that get put up on the screen. When a team runs for 150 yards or more, they are this record. It's like, right, because they had a 14-point lead and they were running the ball. So in the, the actual half. term should be should be establishing the threat of running the ball. Yeah, you're basically trying to trick the defense, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, we're, like, And the Vikings are one of the teams that like this is part of their formula, so it's not a myth. But I've got a stat for you here. According to Pro Football Focus, Kirk Cousins in play action this year through four games has a 132 passer rating, <laughs> 13 and a half yards per attempt. Yeah. Per attempt. So that's my He's yes. averaging 13 and a half yards. Yes. That's nuts. Because he thrives off of the perception because it helps him out. He's always ha- have you notice that we're going down a path here frequently with Kirk? And this is just Kirk. Okay. Have you picked up on the fact that we are going down the path of if Kirk can buy himself time, he's okay. Oh yeah, I think we've known that. About and that's Kirk. true about QBs. But it's just, but the thing that Kirk struggles with in reality, really, really badly, is split second, make the decision right now, and I'm not going to help you a bit. Yeah, he's, if you he, can create those buffer, yeah, if you can create buffers, he's a hell of a quarterback. He's a processor. I think a lot of there's probably a lot of people listening or watching that are like that too, where. If I, this is why some people are bad at like the ACT. It's because, listen, if you just gave me all these questions and gave me like a week to answer them, I'm good. (laughs) But if you're, if you're telling me that like, I've got to answer 50 questions in two hours and process everything and like, 
oh my god, you start to panic and you start to. It's the wonder look. Yeah, exactly. The wonder look's great. If you gave someone right. five hours to do the wonder look test, they'd ace it. Most of them would ace it. Not all of them. But they could go back but, and look up the yes. Or just like even even if they were looking it. things up, they could just they could think a little bit longer. And I think play action is sort of that for Kirk, where he knows that before he even takes the test, he trusts that by showing a handoff to the defense, to Dalvin Cook, he knows sort of when he turns back around, he yep. trusts what's going to be out there. Yes. And for whatever reason, when he's when he's in like shotgun and it's four or five wide, he's he's I don't know if it's just like he's not sure of what he's going to see. It's and he's all just, on him, too. Yeah. I don't think he likes it when it's I, – I think he loves it if you can either remove the pressure or think all hope is lost. Yeah, his – by the way, I've got his passer rating here too when he, when they don't run – so when he runs play action this season, Kirk Cousins, a 132 passer rating. When they don't run play action, it's a 63.6 passer rating. It's a great stat. That's nuts. That's a great stat. And now I don't think it, if if you're going to play out the whole season, I don't think it's going to be nearly that bad over the long run. And some of those interceptions, like five of the interceptions he's thrown, have been in no play action. So like the hail mary down the field, like that that dings his passer rating, and that's kind of a fluke. Can you find right? those splits for uh, 2019, Phil? Why, sure, I can, Judd. I'd be, no, I'd be curious because this is that's a. I mean, that's a G- huge give me, give me one. Give me one yeah, second course, with my little uh, device here. You like that? Yes, we do. Kirk, we, we do. love that. Careful with that device. All right, last season, Kirk Cousins, 15 games, because Mannion played one, right? Yeah, yep. 16, game 16. <sighs> My God. Okay, when the Vikings ran play action, this is ridiculous. I think this is the best in the NFL. A 129.2 passer rating, 14 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, 72% completions. I believe that's the best passer rating in the NFL. That's Pro Bowl. Action. You're going to Pro Bowl. Now, he still had a decent passer rating the other way around. Without play action, 97.2. So he was he was good. Um, I think this probably works better as a ranking just for you guys. So, uh, And again, traditional passer rating isn't always the best measurement. But sure. Kirk Cousins was fourth in the NFL play action passer last year behind Ryan Tannehill, Drew Brees, and Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I love me some Gardner Minshew. And he was 10th when not in uh, play action. And I, I, another disclaimer here: This is traditional NFL passer rating, and it's also without the context of like garbage time. So if you're racking up a bunch of yards in garbage time or something, like it's not weighing for that. Uh, but it shows you he's a much better quarterback in play action than not in play action. And yesterday he was. You like that? You like that? Brain play action. That was a lot of nerdy Oof. football talk Love right it. there. I, I got to decompress for a second. Yeah. All right. I think we're back to Declan here, right? No. Yeah. No, oh, it's me. To Judd. No, Judd. It's okay, me. observation number four. <laughs> All right, statement number four. Sorry, it statements. Was, it was fine. It was fine yesterday, and, but the tight ends are going to have to play a significant role mm-hmm. in this offense at some point in 2020. I bring statistical evidence to back up that statement. Um, yesterday, combined, Rudolph and Irv Smith, three targets, two catches, both by Kyle for 27 yards. And I believe the pass to Irv Smith was a desperation heave that he basically got credit for for the target because he was closest to it. In four games this year, tight ends, okay, 14 targets combined. 14 targets, 8 catches, 80 yards. Um, Smith has caught two passes all year. He has not caught one since week two against the Colts. At some point in time here, and I, I know that Kyle did make a couple catches on Sunday, 
but you're going to have to think that the tight ends are going to play a bigger role. And I would say my greatest surprise across the board, so like guys have struggled, I'm not shocked. Holton Hill might not be good at football, I'm not shocked. I'd say my greatest surprise, second part of the statement, the lack of use of Irv Smith, mm-hmm. which really, really shocks me. Yeah, I mean, at what point do we just have to sort of concede, all right, what, what we think we see with Irv Smith is not the reality. Maybe he, maybe there's a chip missing there. Is he not a good route runner? They clearly trust Kyle Rudolph on some of these play sets. There, there was a play yesterday where Kyle Rudolph was coming from the right side of the line of scrimmage, kind of a drag route, and Kirk Cousins hits him on the left side of the of the hash, and Kyle goes for like a seven or an eight-yard gain, like five yards after the catch or whatever. And I'm thinking... Man, what if Irv Smith had caught that? Does he go for 20? Does yeah. he hurdle a defender? Yeah, it's a good but point. But there's got to be a reason why he's not catching passes like that or why they're just not including him more. But so. for tight ends to basically not be used is surprising. It is. I didn't I I thought that for sure with with um how Cousins plays the position and how Kubiak likes to operate his offense that the tight ends would at least be force-fed the ball some and they're basically not. Statement number 5, Declan. I'll say this for the Vikings. Um, we talked about it a little bit on Mackie and Judd, but I think at least for 2020, you can't trust this defense. That's my statement is you can't trust this defense, at least for 2020. There's going to be pieces that come back in 2021, and Michael Pierce and hopefully Daniil Hunter, maybe Anthony Barr gets back to the player we always have wanted him to be. But for 2020 and for the remaining, what, 12 more games of this season, you are not going to be able to trust this defense. I don't think it gets better over time. I know there was a lack of preseason. Everything was working against them. And Zimmer's a defensive guy, and we all thought, worst case, average average defense at best. And right now, it's one of the worst in the NFL. So you can't trust this defense for the rest of 2020. That would be my one of my statements. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's a hot take. No, I, it's I not. Think, it's not. Especially but. when when Harrison Smith goes down with a with an ejection, like you're. You're just sort of teetering on the brink of putting guys in that are fully, wholly unqualified to play in an NFL game right now. And I think Hardy Nickerson was probably in that category in the in the yeah, base he played defense. a lot against the Titans too. Like man, have, have you guys? So, as far as once uh, a stout or good Minnesota sports teams or sides of the ball or the puck, have you guys ever been more comfortable though? Than you are right now with the realization that this defense is not that good right now, but ultimately next year and in the future could be yeah. absolutely fine. It's so, a fluke. It's a fluke. So like I've never, I don't look at this and think Mike Zimmer has screwed the pooch. Maybe on the cornerbacks, I would have have liked to have seen him signed a veteran guy there, but between injuries and opt outs and things, yeah, it doesn't feel like oh, the Vikings should get killed. For this, and I think that's because it doesn't feel like it's hopeless. It sort of does right now, but it could very easily by next training camp, much of it could be solved. Yep. Here's the other crazy thing through the first month. This we've kind of alluded to. It kind of feels like the Mike Tice era games where you got to put up 30, 31 points and just sort of pray that your defense doesn't melt down late. So yards per play is one of my favorite, just super simple measurements for offense and defense. Quite simply, how many yards per play are you allowing? I don't I don't care about like bulk yardage. If one team ran thirty more plays and racked up more yards, just when you line up, how many yards per play are you allowing and and uh and stopping, right? The Vikings offense is fifth in the NFL yards per play gained at I want to say like six and a half or something. Okay. But their defense ranks twenty third, allowing over also over six yards per play. It's it's completely flip flopped from what you maybe thought a few years ago. 
So this is, by many measurements, this is a top 5-10 to 10 offense, and I think the weapons would probably support that too. Offensive line a little shaky, and Kirk can be streaky. I don't see the defense ascending a lot higher than 23rd in yards per play. Like, I guess, would it shock me if they finished 18th because Mike Zimmer is just a great schemer and they get, you know, maybe they get Daniel Hunter back in two months or something. I don't think that's going to happen either. Uh, but I, I'm, I am not shocked that the offense is that high because of the emergence of Justin Jefferson. So they've really turned into an offense forward team that is just hanging on for dear life defensively, yep. which is probably Mike Zimmer's worst nightmare. But here we are. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say it. Statement number six. The Vikings damaged their chances to tank for Trevor yesterday. They did. There's there's two types of fans watching that game yesterday. And we heard from both of you on Vikings Ventline. There's the salvage the season fans which I think you're happy about the Vikings salvaging their season and putting a win on the board. Sure. But then there's the tank for Trevor fans. And I put up a poll on my, uh, on my personal Twitter account at Phil Mackey before this game started. And I just asked people, what are you rooting for today? And the options were tank for Trevor salvage the season. And then uh, a miracle Brett Favre uh, surprise return, which is what I'm always rooting for. But 60% are rooting for tank for Trevor, and only 19% were rooting for salvage the season. So it's safe to say that a lot of Vikings fans watched that game yesterday, and we're kind of hoping that Will Fuller's catch would have stand, you know, would have stood, and that you can take away a lot of positives, but ultimately stay in the running for a top draft pick. So I hate to be that guy. Titans but, game. Titans game and a lot of good things. Yeah, lot, just blew it exactly. So uh, if you're if you're looking at tankathon.com every day and if you're if you're hoping for the best possible draft pick, yesterday damaged your chances, All right? Back to Purple Daily in just a moment. Federated Insurance in support of local healthcare facilities and workers has donated 18,000 N95 respirator masks to Oatana Hospital and uh, several outdoor blue lights as well to the Oatana Clinic building. Federated employees are also donating their time, talent, and financial resources to help our communities. Team members have produced masks and face shields for healthcare workers and first responders and caregivers. Federated Insurance is just always putting community first, especially during this pandemic year. If you're a business owner and you'd like to find out how Federated can help protect your business, visit federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. I'm just, I'll There's going to be, you know what though? Do Do you think the Vikings are going to really have a chance to be in that bottom bottom tier of like no. with the Jets? I think the Jets' offense like, is too good now. Yeah, <laughs> I agree completely. Like you would have to be rooting for Jefferson not to emerge, which I can't do. Yep. So my, that's my problem there because I can't sit and you there. can't root for an ACL because that's bad. No, <laughs> no, no, exactly. All right, right. he's emerged. <laughs> oh, thank God, he's hurt now. Yeah, that would be really, really pretty bad. Yeah. Oh man. So all right, statement number seven. All right, can you please sound, if it's possible, the panic alarm? Oh, uh, happily. No problem. Sorry, it just takes me a second. No worries. There All right, statement number seven. This comes from the news that we got on Friday. I am officially concerned about Daniil Hunter's career. When you're going to get a second opinion on your neck, and when we're talking about a neck, okay? Like, the assumption should be, okay, he'll sit out this year probably, because it, it sounds like, according to Chris Thomas on the Pioneer Press, doctors on the second opinion in New York advised him not to play, which is fine. If he does not play, that's fine. Um, 
But necks are just scary. Like, if this was a knee, I'd be like, okay, cool. Get your knee repaired and miss a bunch of months and come back in 2021. Um, I'm a little bit panicky, though, because this guy is that good. Like, this is not a good player. This is a great player. And we're talking about an area of the body when it comes to football that should always frighten you. So I am concerned until we find out what's wrong here. What, what It's a herniated disc, but it sounds like it's beyond that. I'm not quite sure. But until we find out more and it's official and does he need surgery or does he just need rest, um, I think you have to say that it's concerning when you're talking about a guy who's as good as Daniel Hunter. So, And just to be clear, you're not concerned about his season you're concerned about his career, like that Any, he ever plays again. Anytime we're talking about a neck and we know as little as we know right now about him, I think it's foolish not to be concerned about because because the problem is guys have come back from neck problems and their careers have never been the same, and that would also be a shame. Man. So I'm I'm just not dismissing I'm not saying he's got plantar fasciitis and oh boy, you can't play for a long time, but we'll see you. I'm legitimately worried. Until he's back and he's playing like he can play. Yeah, I, I wish I could fight you. I'm on not that, trying to be a jerk. I just I'm worried about it. No, it's it's definitely concerning and the mysterious nature of it too that they were, were so quiet about it up until now. Although the Vikings haven't really commented on this, this is reporting, right? Like the- Zim said he, he was getting a second opinion because I think Hunter put it out on on Instagram. Okay, but Zim would not even say to this day it's a neck. So, so they're they- not telling you what's wrong. So the Vikings, the, the, the Vikings, and, and they're not even calling it an upper body injury. They're just they're saying. not even going hockey for you. <laughs> but anyway, it worries me. All right, statement number eight, Declan. Yeah, for me, it kind of goes back to the play action conversation we were having earlier. But everything must go through Dalvin Cook, and I know that's also kind of a no dust situation. But you're just looking at what Dalvin Cook's been able to do the last few weeks. He's gone over a hundred yards. Would we like to see him get involved in the passing game a little bit more? Sure, but. The way he runs the football and the way it sets up the play action, the Vikings will have to win games just like that. And it's kind of funny that the Vikings have been able to score basically 30 points for three of these four games all by establishing the run and going off that norm of you don't have to establish the run, you should pass down their throats, blah, blah, blah. But regardless, everything must go through Dalvin Cook for this Vikings offense to be successful in 2020. Yeah, and like we threw out earlier in the episode, he is leading the NFL by 90 yards in rushing. 90-yard lead. Uh, at the top of the rushing table. So they, they've gotten him going. They've decided to feed him and Justin Jefferson, and they've found some pretty good formulas here. All right, I, I will say this too. Uh, statement number eight, I believe we're on here, or number nine. Number nine. Harrison Smith's ejection upon further review was warranted. And a lot of people were like, come on. I mean, a 15-yard penalty, okay, but what's he supposed to do? And the NFL, because that's the main question, right? What's he supposed to do? Right. And the NFL's answer to that has been clear for years now. You're not supposed to lead with your helmet. So so his argument might be, well, when I'm already like, I, I, I'm going for the tackle. And if his helmet lowers and they're saying, right, but you're the first thing that's out in the open for you is your helmet. And he knows that. I think Anderson Dejo is the one that we've mostly ragged on for stuff like this when he's been a Viking <laughs> a couple times the last few years. But... um I think hopefully uh, Harrison Smith doesn't get suspended for a game. We'll see. It sounds like the second half. So, but it was. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a textbook example of a hit that the NFL will probably show teams in preseason as a reminder. This is what you're not supposed to do. Yes. And uh, yeah, so it was. It was warranted. All right, you got another one. I got. I got one more. If you guys want. Yep. Let's hear. Okay. Statement number ten. Ten here. The Texans are a corpse. They're so bad. And statement number 11, Bill O'Brien's a buffoon. 
I don't know how <laughs> that guy is still... review, Bill like, O'Brien is still a buffoon. Like, his play calling in the fourth quarter... Again, credit to the Vikings for doing what they had to do yesterday, for getting out to a big lead, getting their offense right again. But Bill O'Brien, man, you're down by... Let's just let's go to the two minute and like fifteen second portion of the proceedings. You're down by eight points. Yes. You have no timeouts. Yes. And you're literally handing the ball up up the middle off to Duke Johnson and even David Johnson. Like these guys are just these are like fantasy running backs from six years ago. And these guys in a in an in a fourth quarter in which they need to move fast and score touchdowns. He's got the play menu in front of his face, and they're they're huddling. How do you take just back? Like, what is happening? How how do you get back? Or accept back David Johnson in the Hopkins trade? Like, give me future assets. Yeah. Give me draft picks. They would have been better off with like a second round draft pick or a third round draft pick, right. and they draft a running back, right? God. It's a fantasy league trade, though. Oh, David Johnson. Hey, hey, didn't David Johnson have a really good year three years ago? Yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> totally. I don't get it. So, I don't know. I, I know you guys felt the same way just based on our event line conversations yesterday. So, that, that's got to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And they had what a three touchdown lead on the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Holy cow. yeah, and he botched it again. He botched <laughs> it. What fourth down punt formation? Right. Right. He went for. He decided instead of going for it on fourth down, he's like, "I'm going to get creative and fool the Chiefs." They're like, no, you're not. I bet his players were like, "Bleep you, dude! You are an idiot. You the, are a moron." The, Phil says. the David Johnson thing's amazing. So he had the one huge season in 2016, and he's got a big contract, and he took the bloated contract. Injuries. And Why stuff would you like, take the bloated contract? I don't know. Like you're already in salary cap hell. God, it's amazing. I just, I just realized that we have the potential this week for a really good cliche Mount Rushmore of buffoon coaches. Oh. <laughs> Like current ones, current ones. Well, it's I've got five written down, so somebody would have to be knocked off. Somebody's got to go. Somebody would have is to. Is it Dan out of the... Quinn or is it Bill O'Brien? It might be Dan Quinn. Patricia. Gets knocked off. Yes. I mean, there's there's options. Gaze. Okay. Matt, Vic Fangio. Matt Patricia. So the Lions blew, I think, a fourteen nothing lead in that game they, yesterday. Early, right? very early. And, lead, yes. and Matt Patricia was asked after the game. Do you like, still do? You, do you, I convince yes. people that that you are the right man? You're still the right for guy. The job, right? Yes. And he said, "Well, you know, I took this job over three years ago, and there's just a, there was a lot of work to do. And people have pointed out, well, yeah, there's definitely work to do, but like you took over a team that won nine games or more in three out of four seasons from Jim Caldwell. Yes, you got hired not to tear it down and rebuild it. You got hired to go to the next level, dude. Correct. <laughs> so yeah, and he's done a great job of being a buffoon head coach. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. Football. On a Vikings Statements episode of Purple Daily, we appreciate all of you hanging out with us and clicking the subscribe button, too, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.